0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Mac Movie Review Show. Today is a little different. Uh, Mac is not here to join us today. So, just me, Kristen, a.k.a. Miss Flamingo. And that's not stopping us to have a very special episode today. We are joined by the producer, writer, director of the new series on Crackle, Playing With Power, the Nintendo Story, Jeremy Seed. So Nintendo started back in the 1880s as a trading card company. So they were in the gaming business way before we probably ever even called it the gaming business.
1: It may be the most addictive toy in history, Nintendo Video game.
0: My mind was blown. My mind was just blown. Blew my mind, changed my life. I was blown away. The NES was so magical. A quantum leap. Watching and yelling at the screen, oh, it's right there, oh, don't miss Christmas, it. Christmas, when I was eight years old, ripping open the packaging. Ah!
1: Nintendo. now you're playing with
0: power. Welcome, and thank you. All right. for, and this is like a huge, like I said, we talked a little bit earlier, huge opportunity for us to talk to you. And I first want to say congratulations on the series. How does it thank feel you. to have your project, your baby, out into the world?
1: <laughs> That's funny, yeah. You, call, call, calling it... Uh my baby is definitely apropos. Uh, It's you work on these things as, uh, as a filmmaker, as you know, anyone that's, you know, an artist, a musician, a filmmaker, you know, you put your heart and soul into it, whatever the subject matter is. Um, And we've been on this one for, uh, for about four years. Um, And, you know, yeah. And when COVID hit, you know, we kind of had to transition to working me and my team of about eight editors, I uh, had to transition to working from home for, you know, about eight months, and that was a challenge, but, you know, making it across the finish line, getting a great partner like Screen Media and Crackle to put it out for the world to see for free, you know, people don't have to pay, they don't have to sign up, they can just go to Crackle.com and watch it for free, is uh, is very rewarding and surreal, so just glad to, glad to have it out there, hope people enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and uh, we explained. Er- I explained earlier, I'm not a huge video game fanatic, but there was something about this series that really drew me in, and from beginning to end, you go through the history of Nintendo. What was it like getting all these people together from content creators to authors? You have... Insane amount of people working on the series, and <laughs> the one person who actually blew my mind to have on the actual show was um the co-founder of Atari no uh, Nolan Bushnell. what was yeah, it like to yeah. like bring him on and people like will Wheaton on the series
1: yeah, for sure nolan uh I've known Nolan for almost 10 years. Um, so I, I uh, uh, directed a documentary that came out in 2014 called Video Games, the movie. And that also features kind of some color commentary from, from folks like Will Wheaton, as you mentioned. And um, I had reached out to Nolan, I think it was like 2011 or 2012 while we were filming that. Um, and uh, he was very gracious to, you know, to grant us an inter- interview for that project, and, and we've kind of, you know, known each other since then and seen each other at industry events like E3 and Classic Gaming Expo, and So when it came to Nintendo, it's, you know, obviously Nintendo has this rich history that goes back to, you know, 1880 1880s um, when they get into the electronic age. Yeah um, Obviously, they're they're you know, Atari was was the, uh, the, the start of this, you know, you've got Magnavox and all those other companies, but um, I wanted to have a voice from the industry um, for every era, you know, from Atari to Nintendo to Sega to PlayStation, and so having Nolan in there to kind of give voice to to, the, to that piece of the history was really important and and great to have. You know, Nolan just he's the Godfather, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it was really interesting to see how you just not only focused on Nintendo, but you looked at the competition it had. So seeing that was really eye-opening and to, like you said, give a voice to other outlets and impact people who like impacted Nintendo. So sure. why focus on video games? Where does your love of video games start?
1: That's a great question. You know, I'm, I wish I had a uh, a more like a uh, creative answer, but I, I'm kind of a cliche in that I, you know, I'm a child of the eighties and, and I, uh, I got. I had a Atari. You know, I think my dad played it more than I did in the early, late '70s, early '80s. I was born in 1977, um, but the, my first big like being activated as as a gamer was uh, was with the original eight bit uh, NES, and uh, lots of amazing memories uh, with that system. And I think well, I remember specifically. Getting, I think I've had my NES for a year or so and I got uh, a copy of Nintendo Power Magazine and seeing the the game laid out, you know, like where you can see the entire level as as like an art piece. I I made that connection of like, oh, somebody drew this and then it became a video game on my screen. And I think that's when I got bit with the bug of like, man, this is, I love games and, and I've played games since I was a kid. And then combining that with, you know, when I sort of became a filmmaker uh, has, you know, resulted in things like, like, uh, you know, video games, the movie, and then my series Unlocked, and now playing with power.
0: Yeah, because basically you got to form your whole career combining your passion and your hobby. So how does it feel to be bringing both worlds together? for this series and then even your previous work so looking at your documentary so how does it feel
1: yeah no, know it's it's uh i mentioned you know the word surreal before it, it is kind of surreal it's like uh but i will say this you know as your, you know my advice to any any aspiring filmmaker or artist or designer or game developer is uh you've hear this before just in psychology which is you know joy in the journey you know it's not about the destination it's about the journey exactly. um, and it and it's very true because you know, you get to these moments like now like playing with powers coming out me and my team have been working on it for four years and you know kind of you kind of get to that mountaintop and you realize that's cool but it's it's never like what you think it would be like oh man um, so then the value becomes the experience itself you know going through and meeting these people from Nintendo and working with my team and working with Sean Aston on the narration and, and producing producing the show so i think it's i've learned that you know as an artist and as a filmmaker the past decade or so is uh, of yes this is great and it's always fun when when it comes out but there's also a lot of joy in the journey of just the doing of the thing
0: I think that's the part of the beauty of filmmaking is the journey and seeing it all come together. Because to me, filmmaking is like a puzzle. You figure out each step as you go, no matter how many obstacles you face. So seeing that in the final project, it's, it's astonishing. So did yep, now, absolutely. did you study filmmaking in college or did you like what's your uh, path of filmmaking? Where does that all you know, stem from?
1: It's interesting uh, because I actually gave a talk uh, a couple of years ago at, uh, at Savannah College of Art and Design um, when my series Unlocked came out, and uh, I was talking to the the film students there, and the uh, I don't think they realized, or, you know, they didn't know that when I was in high school, so I graduated high school in 1995, which is oh, really was... aging me. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Um, and when i graduated i had a scholarship actually to go to savannah college of art and design um but you know growing up me and my family it's like we weren't poor but we definitely didn't have a lot of discretionary income and so they they couldn't afford to, to send me even with the scholarship um combined with the out-of-state uh, tuition it was just too much and uh so I didn't go. Um, and when I was giving that talk at uh, Savannah College of Art and Design, you know, what I told them was, I said, you know, I would never encourage someone to not go to college. But I, I will also say that college is not for everyone. You know, some yeah. some kids, some students just aren't, aren't cut out that way. They're more of a blaze their own trail. They, they want to learn by experience. And some people can't learn that way. They have to to have the sort of the the structure and the discipline of, of school for me, I've always been kind of a self-made businessman entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And and the same was true to answer your question of my filmmaking career. I just, I just sort of got interested in it around 2005, 2006 and started reading books on screenwriting. I'm like, okay, what does this lens do? What kind of camera can I get to shoot an interview and, and uh, just Sort of self taught.
0: Yeah, a lot of it, I, I can say, is a lot of self talk, lots of reading and lots of research, doing it on your own, and just basically interacting with others that are interested in the same field. So you mentioned earlier Sean Astin, huge in, you know, Lord of the Rings, worked on numerous animation shows what was it like meeting him for the first time and bringing him on board with your previous projects? Cause he served as a narrator in the video game documentary. So yep. was it an easy yes for him to say, hop on board with your newest project?
1: <laughs> I don't know if it was an easy yes, but, uh, you know, Sean and I've been friends for, for, uh, a little over 10 years. And we met at a, uh, a convention years ago. I, I've, so my production company, media juice, we produce, uh, TV commercials and trailers for video games and, and film and television studios. And so I'm, I'm always kind of on the convention circuit. I've go to, you know, San Diego comic-con every year and E3 and, uh, CES and, and Sean also goes to a lot of conventions just as a, you know, mm-hmm. being a celebrity, making appearances, doing panels, signing oh, yeah. stuff. And our paths kind of crossed at one of these conventions. And, uh, I told him, you know, what, what I was working on at the time, which was my first video game documentary. And he served as the narrator on that film, video games, the movie. And, uh, we kind of became fast friends and, uh, fast forward to when I started kind of having the idea for Nintendo, I said, Hey man, I'm thinking about doing uh, a documentary series about Nintendo. Would you want to, you know, come on board and, uh, he was super excited about it and uh, came on as the narrator and also as our executive producer and and he's really had a lot of valuable input to the creation of the show, which I think just makes it that much better.
0: Yeah, because he's like a staple, like in like nerd culture, pop culture. Seeing what he's done over the careers, it's kind of like mind-boggling. So because the series no. feels like a nostalgic portal for any one from the 80s and even early 90s. So do you feel how this series is nostalgic?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's always that balance of, um, you know, giving people the feels of like, oh, man, I rem-, for me, it's, you know, like I said, it's the NES, it's the, it's the mid 80s. But for other people, it's like I've got some editors that work for me that po- that's Pokemon for them or that's the N64 yeah. or the Game Boy Advance or that's the GameCube. So everybody kinda has their their entry point of, of nostalgia and uh-huh. what we what we tried to do with Nintendo is sort of provide all of those, you know. So yeah. like, whatever your entry point is, we've got it. <laughs>
0: yeah, because the one episode that really got me hooked is because since I was like a late nineties kid, I had the Game Boy. So, yeah. seeing that, I was like, okay, now this is what I'm talking about, where they had all the Mario cartilage games, because I used to trade them with all of my friends and my cousins, and we were just playing, right. trying to beat each other's scores. So, seeing that part in the series really brought me down a nostalgic and memory lane, and you can see that even with the content creators exploring that, that series. So, does this inspire yeah. y- yourself to create a video game one day?
1: Um, it's, it's funny. I've had, I've had that question more often than I, than I thought I ever would. Uh, (laughs) not, not yet. You know, I I know a lot of video game designers and uh, lots of people in the industry. Um, and I've always been an artist and and by artist, I don't mean that in the abstract way. Like I'm an artist, I'm a filmmaker. I've always drawn and sketched and painted and, and, and done that since I was little and did cartoons and, so, it, it, you know, my background and my my t- sort of skill set lends itself to that. You know, writing and drawing and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, never say never. I, 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 it might happen someday, but I don't have any current plans to develop no. a game.
0: What would if that was the case? What kind of game would you want to make? Would it be like a Mario-inspired series, or is this just like a Pokemon? Maybe something like a, like a you're gonna create the next <laughs> Minecraft or or Fortnite.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, I'll take it. I, if I could do that, then I could. Uh, you know, I I look at like the uh, re, like this big, you know, resurgence of independent game developers. The past, you know, I don't know, five to eight years. Um, you look at things like Indiecade and and uh, uh, you know the 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 App Store and that you know people can make a game and get it out there. Um, I, I like. A, a lot of the sort of retro side-scrollers that people have been making, that, but, but right. sort of like with uber-enhanced graphics, so it kind of looks like an old Mario or Pitfall or Sonic game, you know, side-scrolling, platforming, but with r- the visuals are like next level. So Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, th- I think if I ever did anything like that, I'd probably lean towards that, because yeah, yeah, yeah. mainly be easy to easier to produce. I think a big like next gen console game. It's like, well, you need thirty million dollars minimum to <laughs> to do that.
0: Okay, so one of my favorite episodes in the series is like I said was earlier, uh, which was episode three, where it kind of explores the uh, the Game Boy. However, I learned a lot in that first episode when it explores going back all the way to the eighteen hundreds late 1800s and seeing that nintendo goes back to like a simple card game did you know about that and if you did how did you feel and what was one fact that you didn't learn or didn't know before i should say that you learned from the series
1: yeah that's a great question um i think the first time i i, I had ever heard that was I had read this, it's like a war and peace coffee table book called High Score, The Illustrated History of Electronic Games. Okay. and uh, It's just very exhaustive. And I think there might have been one little side panel at one point when they were talking about uh, maybe the Game Boy or the Game & Watch, and they were like, oh, and by the way, Nintendo started as a trading card company and showed these little Hannafuda cards. But I kind of, you know, it was a little side note, I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it. So when I got into writing uh, the script for this documentary, I really had to do a lot of research and read a lot of great books like uh, Super Mario by Jeff Ryan or Mm -hmm. uh, Game Over by Jeff. uh, 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 Oh, shoot. I'm going to butcher the guy, the author's name, uh, the the author who wrote Game Over. um, And they really deep dive into that more. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's very well documented, but it's it's one of those things that it's a, it's an Easter egg. You have to kind of be looking for it. And then once you see it, it's like, oh, wow, look at this amazing. They go back to 1880s. And then, you know, from there, did, you know, the deal with Disney and then did toys and novelties and electronics, which then led to video games. So pretty, pretty, pretty fascinating origins.
0: It was pretty fascinating that one, especially that first episode to really introduce the founding of it all. But, uh, what was your favorite episode that you got to explore for the series?
1: Ooh, man, that's, that's a tough one. Um, I think normally my, my knee jerk reaction would be, you know, uh, the NEF, but I think since I've spent a lot of time on that in previous projects and kind of, you know, scratched that itch for me, uh, going into the entry of playstation and xbox uh which was the time that i you know was was starting my studio and, and becoming a filmmaker it was an area that i hadn't really you know focused on in uh you know as a, as a video game documentarian so that was a lot of fun to kind of dive into like you know this sony playstation and that yeah. whole relationship that they had um so yeah, I would say right now that's probably my favorite. That may change in the future, but that's probably my okay. favorite part of the series so far.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. But uh, since we are a movie podcast, uh, I have to ask: How do you feel about video game adapta- adaptations for film? Do you think they work, or it's like nah, the film basically the film is the video game since it is a story and has a beginning, middle, and end?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting. Topic that uh, I was actually talking about. I had Sean Ashton on our podcast uh, a few days ago, and we were talking about this. You know, movies and games have this kind of weird, storied you know relationship where you know you've got. I mean, speaking of Nintendo, it's like you have the infamous uh, Super Mario Brothers uh, movie that came out in uh, what was it, late eighties or early nineties with yeah. Bob Hopkins and uh, and uh, uh, Paul, uh, not Paul, uh, the guy that played Luigi, I'm, I'm blank, I still haven't had my coffee, so. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. I
0: think Le- it's, isn't uh, it like John Legazamo or something like that?
1: Yeah. yeah. Dennis Hopper played Bowser, and it's famously terrible. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, you know, the original Street Fighter movie with, with, uh, uh, what's his name that plays him? Bison, and, uh, Jean-Claude, Cla- Jean Cla- Jean Cla- Jean
0: Jean-Claude Van Damme?
1: Yeah, uh, it's like, you know, they're they're kind of funny to look back on now and and kind of fall in that best worst movie category. Um, and I don't know if there's been I think the Resident Evil series um with Mila Jovovich is sort of an exception. But Those movies, they work as movies. I mean, they're 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 popcorn, they're big, they're bombastic. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. But, you
1: know, um but there's a lot of examples of where it doesn't work. Um, I'm hopeful that uh, The Last of Us um, what they're doing there the announcement of uh, oh what's the fellow's name Neil something oh
0: Piedro Pascal he's going to be playing uh, the lead
1: Joel yeah I forget the name of the filmmaker's name that that is attached to it but
0: yeah it's the uh, the director of the Chernobyl series is set to be directing the first episode
1: yeah, and it's I'm very hopeful for that cuz Chernobyl was great. Um that filmmaker, you know, he's he's uh got some chops. And so I'm 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 hopeful and also really scared because I love The Last of Us. It's one of my oh, favorite video you're not games.
0: alone. There's a huge fan base for it and also for the Mortal Kombat series that's set to come out like next month on Yeah, Android that trailer Max, looks great.
1: So it really did.
0: Yeah, there's a huge following for that to come out. So, um but uh, I know we had to start wrapping up soon, but one of the, uh, something that really stuck out to me was actually also in the very beginning of the episode, where it, it talks about success. And Sean Asson says, this story isn't about a mere success. This is a story about ambition, competition, and standing your ground and letting the best ideas win. What do you think is the secret to success?
1: Ooh, man, you're, you're getting deep on me. I like it.
0: Uh, <laughs> I'm glad
1: <laughs> the secret to success. Well, I think it's, it's, uh, I'm going to steal something from my executive producer, uh, Sean Aston here. Cause he was just talking about this the other day. I think the secret to success as, as an artist, which is all I can speak to. I, I've, I've never been an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer, but I've, 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 you know, gone on this journey of trying to be an artist, trying to be a filmmaker, and um, I think it's this, it's this balance of um, finding a way to support yourself. So, you know, going and, and working a day job, whatever that is, um, and then finding a way to pursue what it is that, you, that you're wanting to do, whether that's writing, whether that's music, whether that's filmmaking, whether that's mm-hmm. game design, and finding a way to, to balance both of those things to where, hopefully, you know your passion can can then turn into something that supports you. But but you know, I think so many people where they might have anxiety or get tripped up is like, well, I really want to do this, but I this won't support me right now. So, ugh, I got to go do this, and they kind of they kind of treat it as an either or thing. When you know anyone who's blazed a trail um, has had to do that. You know, has had to figure out a way. Okay, I've got to. I've got to keep the lights on. i got to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, making widgets or I love making music and finding a way to balance both of those until you can find a way to, to make your passion support yourself. And that's, that's a little bit of an abstract answer because I can't, it's so specific to each individual. It's like only you know what you can do and what you can pursue as, as you know, your passion. And I think that speaks to the voiceover lines that you just mentioned. It's like Mm -hmm. that's what Nintendo has done really well, uh, you know, in in developing these new technologies and games and experiences um, over 140 years.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy what that how it is a success story, knowing how much trials and tribulations and ups and downs the nintendo phase it's not only really looking at that and also you can say it looks at yourself too looking at your own journey and seeing what kind of obstacles that you come across yourself so aside from the series sure. what is next for you
1: i'm i'm working on several projects uh, so i uh, i've had a couple of people recently ask me like are you going to are you going to stay doing video game documentaries? You're, you're kind of like 10 years into doing this, or, or are you going to do something else?
0: Yeah, but you're and, great at it. I mean, look how well it's been doing. <laughs> I, I'm a fan. It's really great.
1: Thank you. That's very sweet. Um, yeah, so I, th- there's no big, you know, I don't have any big uh, stake in the ground saying, I'm, I'm, I'm done with video games uh, or video game documentaries. Um, but I think these next couple of projects that I'm developing with my team here at Media Juice um, uh, are going to be a little bit more in the narrative uh, direction. So, mm-hmm. kind of dipping, dipping my toe into into that, and uh, we'll see on the on the video game side. Probably someday, come back to it. Maybe look at maybe look you at,
0: can direct a better Pixels movie. We don't need that Adam Sandler like <laughs> we 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 deserve a movie that. Could explore nostalgia tropes. That does do that. I think we can get that from you. I think you would be a, like an outstanding director to create something along on the lines of that.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Hey, start start a.
0: Uh, we'll start out. a GoFundMe or a, a Kickstarter project. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you said you also have a podcast. Where can people check you out?
1: Yeah, it's called the Media Juice Podcast, and uh, if you just go to media juice, all one word, dot com. Uh, there's a little button at the top there that says podcast, and if you click on that, it has all the episodes, and we're in, you know, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, and uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, just look for the Media Juice Studios podcast.
0: Okay, cool. And, and
1: Sean Afton was our last guest, so check that yeah, out. Yeah,
0: I did see that, so I thought that was kind of cool, just to tie in everything, so, but uh, anywhere else, uh, fans can follow you and see and check out, because you say you have a Twitch, too.
1: Yeah, so pretty much all of my social handles, whether it's tw- uh, Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, is just my name, Jeremy Sneed. Last name is S-N-E-A, not E-E, but E-A-D.
0: Okay, cool. So uh, we're going to make this episode short, but thank you so much, Jeremy, for taking the time to talk to me and to everyone about the series. Guys, go check it out. It's available on Crackle now all five episodes, it's an easy bend. You're really going to enjoy it. I did. I can't wait to show it again to my boyfriend who's really into the video <laughs> game stuff. So guys, we'll be back on the next episode. Uh, don't forget to follow me and Mac on Instagram at kfilmingo on Twitter and Instagram at missfilmingo. Thanks so much, Jeremy.
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate your time.
0: Thank you.